Support for this podcast is provided by Head Start. Hire diverse future leaders faster with Head Start. Create a fair and level playing field, hire candidates based on their potential, and manage thousands of applications with ease. Organisations use Head Start's applicant tracking platform with built-in data science to hire more diverse candidates, automate the hiring process, and reduce cost per hire by up to 55%. Find out more and get your free Radical Recruiter t-shirt at headstart.io slash radicalrecruiter. That's headstart.io slash radicalrecruiter. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 257 of the Recruiting Future podcast. From the conversations I've been having recently, it seems that the level of adoption for recruiting automation is going to dramatically increase as we come out of the current pandemic crisis. The problem, though, is that recruiting automation is often thrown around as a trend without any insight into the strategic and tactical practicalities of implementing it effectively. To help give us an insight into what recruiting automation looks like in practice, my guest this week is a highly experienced recruiter and talent acquisition leader, Izzy Hung. Izzy has implemented automation and chatbot programs at several employers and has some excellent insights to share. Hi, Izzy, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. Nice to be with you again. Long time, I see. Absolutely. It has been a a while, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Okay. So, I've been in talent acquisition probably uh, as long as you have, um, longer than we care to admit. Uh, I've been both in-house RPO uh, and on the kind of uh, advertising agency side uh, for a bit. So, but predominantly in uh, talent acquisition, uh, both local in the UK as well as global roles, uh, and recently been uh, consulting for the last couple of years uh, to provide a more flexible lifestyle. And we kind of first met what seems like a very long time ago now, and you actually helped recruit my team when I was working in uh, the advertising world. So I've kind of seen your brilliance as a recruiter close up. Sitting across the desk from you, I remember that. Yes. The, the the topic that we're going to talk about today is recruitment automation and chatbots. I know that it's something that you've had quite a lot of recent experience of. Talk us through some of the challenges that you were trying to, you know, what kind of company were you working for? What kind of challenges were you were you sort of trying to solve for them? So. I think that the the word challenges is uh, can be taken a number of different ways, but I think it is around. For me, it was uh, working with a the UK's uh, favourite coffee place, but also prior to that, working with a technology company. And so the challenges, or the uh, I suppose the things with problem we're trying to solve is how do we how do we create a great experience or a, or a candidate engagement that doesn't in take your recruiters away from the day job or from the the, the, the value added pieces. Um, and for a number of years now, I, you know, I think the the use of chatbots or AI, et cetera, 
uh, has been underplayed in the sense of we are just thinking about particular areas like front end of a recruitment process, but not really thinking about how it could actually add value to our internal communication. And I think an example of that is uh, previous in one of my previous jobs, uh, we had uh, a number of different ATS systems. It was a global organization, so they weren't connected. And so a lot of the recruiters were across regions. And we looked at implementing a, you know, something like a chatbot just to literally help with internal FAQs, where do I go? Who do I speak to? Uh, and and I think that we we the right words for this we don't often think broader than what's in front of us uh, when we come to chatbots. And with with the coffee place, it was really to look at uh, how do we, in some ways, reduce the uh, top end of the funnel. Uh, so many applications coming in potentially for your kind of hourly paid workers. Uh, we were looking at how could that automation support the front end of the process in a way that was more engaging. Uh, but actually, the way that we used it in the end was completely different. Fantastic. Keen to sort of find more out about how you did eventually use it and the kind of results that you were getting. Before we dive into that, though, it's probably worth sort of talking about the the whole process that you that, that you went through. So you sort of identified that initial need for people who are looking at implementing this type of technology what sort of process did, did you go through what lessons did you learn from that I think one of the things that I've learned over the years uh, and I think when I was first a head of talent acquisition you think you can do everything um, and over the years I've uh, probably like most people I've learned that actually if you pick one or two things off and do it well it, it generally uh, produces the best outcome and I think uh, for a number of years, I've been thinking about how do we use bots? How do we use some of this new technology? And I think we're always afraid to, to stand on the top of the cliff and, and jump in. Um, and so what I ended up doing was uh, I actually went to a number of different providers or suppliers and really just ask them, how does it work? You know, you know, all the fundamentals, the things that you're worried about is like, oh, I don't want to go and get a chatbot because isn't that lots of hard work? Or I don't really know the technology behind it. Uh, and so I did quite a lot of research around, you know, what is a bot? What's the difference between a bot and AI? Uh, how expensive is it? Um, and over the last, literally the last couple of years, I think because a lot of organizations or uh, recruiters or talent acquisition uh, managers like myself have been in that same boat. You know, what do I use it for? How do I use it? Is it expensive? And so I just did the did the research and I just reached out to suppliers and asked them. I think that's one thing that I would definitely recommend. There's, there's no harm in asking. And we forget that uh, the art of questioning and, and getting that kind of almost like Pareto's law, 80-20, if you can do all your thinking up front with using a chatbot, um, I think that's probably highly recommended in terms of what are you going to use it for? How are you going to use it? What's the outcome going to be? And do you have the budget for what you want to do that with? You know, obviously, the more complex you go, the more expensive it becomes. But over recent years, what I have uh, discovered is that it is getting it is getting more accessible and less expensive because more and more people are using it. And and I've always taken my learning from uh, the marketing side of things. So if we look at kind of omni-channel marketing, we look at the customer service or the customer proposition or the, whatever you want to call it, consumer journey, we've they've been using chatbots and things. We all know we go on to you know, our telephone, mobile phone providers and the chatbots there, etc. everywhere you go now. And I think for me, it was about solving my own challenges around 
how nervous I was because I didn't understand. Understanding it was the first point of going, okay, now I feel ready to dump, jump into this. I think that was definitely a big thing for me. And then it was uh, the second to that is how do you get people in your organization as engaged? Yeah. What is the problem statement you're trying to solve internally that would bring the com- open the conversation uh, to chatbots and AI if your organization isn't using it already. Absolutely. How did you go from there? How did you select a supplier? What was the sort of the next stage? Yeah, it was uh, an interesting journey. At my pre- a previous technology company, it was that was kind of two or three years ago. Uh, I actually rang up a number of industry colleagues and asked them. Um, and we actually ended up uh, working with someone that was part of the IBM Watson uh, group. And we and we kind of built something from scratch. Uh but it's not. It wasn't. It's not like that anymore. So I literally went to you know the likes of Meet and Engage, Robo Recruiter, uh, and just and asked them how did it work, um, and what was going to be best for our organisation. And and interesting enough, when we implemented uh, Robo Recruiter, it wasn't what we started with in the beginning. Originally, I had gone to them to ask me um, how do we deal with if we were if we are going to take on the recruitment for all hourly workers across a large scale of uh, headcount, so 10,000 approximately maybe, or or maybe more, uh, what would that look like? Uh, And we thought about it. Well, originally I did. I thought about automating the whole of the process end to end. So um, rather than outsourcing or building your own recruitment team, how could I end to end all of our hourly workers? Uh, And one of the reasons for that was because actually how do we become more compliant? So how do we support GDPR if you've got uh, managers in stores or hospitality or areas where they're not on their laptops all the time and they've got people walking in, handing them their CVs? We were more concerned about the compliance elements of it in terms of handing that CV over. We were uh, looking at the compliance of right to work because with the, with all of Brexit, you know, how are we going to maintain control of that? Um, but also, uh, actually, if it was fully automated, how could we help line managers uh, do the whole process on their mobile phones? Because obviously in, in hospitality and things like that, um, and maybe any hourly worker, right, uh, they tend not to be um, on their laptops or work laptops. How can we help them when actually it's their personal phone and it's not a business phone as well? And there was a lot of chat around how we did that and in the end the reason why we ended up with a hybrid solution is because actually the business wasn't ready to understand a fully automated process and whilst that could have been a leapfrog solution uh, some organizations aren't prepared or ready to take that leapfrog because they may be you know wouldn't want you know far behind the curve themselves in their own thinking and so uh, we opted for a solution that kind of introduced them to it, shall I say. So the front end of the process and actually because of um, we, we actually ended up because one of our we were moving ATSs, uh, changing our ATSs, we discovered uh, very quickly that our, our ATS system was probably going to be down it, over a period of time for about by the time you've locked down the old one, put in the new one was about four weeks, three to four weeks. 
Um, and rather than looking at the big, fully outsourced uh, solution for hourly workers, we said, actually, why don't we just test it while our systems are down? Because we're not going to be able to have applications online. It's going to have to go through email. The recruiters are going to have to get hundreds of emails. Let's use it as a front-end tool and demonstrate how this can actually help us and what data does it give us so that when we turn our systems back on, we can then look at it for a longer-term solution. Fantastic stuff. So so you said it's uh, you, you kind of went for a hybrid solution. What what aspects of the process did the did the chatbot deal with? So um, as our system was down, uh, we decided not to put uh, adverts onto the career site as static. So our original thought process was let's put a section on the on the career site that was marketing, for example, or IT that kind of outlined the types of roles or skill sets you'd require. But when we thought about that, we thought, oh my God, that's going to la- allow us to be inundated. How do we stop that inundation? And so that our recruiters can just focus on the most important things. Um, and so we used the chatbot. We built a, uh, and it was really simple. It was, it was kind of like we the way you think of it is, how do you have a conversation backwards and forwards? How do we stop uh, the applications that we all know that we get that, you know, 5% of the applications we get are probably the ones we want to focus on? So we looked at what that would look like. And also, as our all of our systems were, were down, even our managers and stores weren't having access. So how do we kind of how do we negate some of that? So we we used the chatbots to front end into, and we put a, a note on the career site said, look, we're in transition of our systems, but please go to our chatbot that can provide you with some basic information during this period in time. Um, and the chatbot, the first thing it asked was, you know, are you interested in X or Y? in terms of hourly workers or non-hourly workers. And then you, we created a, I suppose, a conversation path that led them down to either live jobs, um, it had because it, it had some touch of AI in there. So it, a series of questions that led them to particular jobs or it gave them information of how they might be able to apply. But at, right at the front end, we asked them, uh, were they, did they have a right to work in the UK? And we always thought that this is, this uh, our assumption was we always thought this was quite a big issue for us um and what we found was of the people that engaged with the chatbot you know give or take uh, the average 50 percent of those people actually came out of that process and, and didn't make it all the way through to completion of an application and we can only assume uh, um that that is you can see from the first question when they dropped off. So the chatbot allowed us to see at what point were people jumping out of that conversation? At what points in the question path were they jumping out? And at early stage, the first question, do you have a right to work in the UK? 50% on average, we're dropping out at that stage, which helps us understand as we implemented, we're implementing new ATS, what we had originally done was ask that at offer stage. And that has actually brought that decision making, say, guys, we need to ask this at the front end because if we're seeing 50% in this four-week period we want to stop those applications coming through into the system anyway. What other kind of questions was a chatbot having? What sort of type of conversations? So it then asked uh, what type you know what type of job function do you want to work in? Let's just pick marketing and then it would ask you what it would ask you a series it would ask you a question around what type of marketing and then it would it would it would level off show show you some jobs so it was really it's really very basic so we didn't have a at this stage we haven't got an ats right we are putting jobs onto a spreadsheet and that's this hopefully helps people understand we're putting jobs on a spreadsheet marketing manager or social media manager for example put the postcode in so the location of where that was and then we put uh, a series of 
like, you know, I suppose traditionally, right, ask a series of questions that you might build in your ATS. How many years marketing experience you got? Or have you got this skill set? If it's, you know, IT, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we asked, you asked, we asked a maximum of five questions related to that job. And then depending on the, on the answers, they were yes or no's, uh, depending on whether you went to the next job and whether you got to the full application stage. And so in some jobs, you could see that people followed that all the way through. In other jobs, you can see where they dropped off. What was interesting was, is that the, I suppose the head office jobs, I suppose your functional jobs or your business functions related jobs uh, most of them went th- went through you only had probably about 20 25 percent drop off um, but when we looked at I suppose the more of the what would I call this the store manager types of jobs you saw greater drop off uh, depending on the questions that were asked uh, which was useful for the recruiters uh, to see where their drop off was so what happened when the ATS came back on uh, back on back on stream did you sort of did, did you extend the what the what the, what the chatbot was doing so we we are in discussions at the moment around how that can help us going forward, particularly with obviously the outbreak of our famous friend, the virus. Um, for me personally, I would see this as a real opportunity uh, to be able to communicate so that the recruitment team are not getting all of the 100 million questions that I'm sure all of our colleagues are getting at the moment around is recruitment still going on? How are people being onboarded? I think there's a real opportunity to extend that Uh from where we are today in this current environment. And I think one of the things we definitely learned is because there was a search facility within that, you, you were able to see what were the most popular words being searched. And I think that gave us a learning in two in terms of why people are coming to the site, what are the predominantly, what are the, what are the jobs that people are looking for most prominent, but also what are the locations because we also asked them where they li- where they were based. So you were able to see that as well. Um, but at the moment, we, ha- we haven't gone forward in terms of uh, renewing that, but we are in discussions. Absolutely, 100%. Final question. Um, I, I'm getting quite a lot of questions asked to me personally about what the future look like in terms of, in terms of automation, um, you know, obviously taking into account current situation. You mentioned sort of earlier in the conversation that there was the possibility to to automate the, the whole recruitment process and, and and other things like that what's your what's your sort of view on the, the future where where do you think um, automation is is going oh this million dollar question right um I, i'm a great believer in personal touch yeah i don't think we can do necessarily a whole recruitment process without a person engagement at some point in the process but what i do believe is that it can help us get to the value add quicker um and if you if you think about the pros and cons of having like a chatbot, it's quick. You you satisfy people qu- quickly uh, in that sense. You reduce the labor at the front end, particularly around volume hiring, you know, and it can be multi-purpose, you know, internal FAQs, external FAQs, right to work and compliance. It can provide some upfront early engagement, both internally and externally, um, you know, how-to guides, all of that sort of stuff. However, you know, it is limited in terms of response. People can get frustrated if they don't get the right answer. The more complex you go, the more expensive it is, you know, and it's not good for all areas of business or uh, HR or talent acquisition. So I think it's there is some options in there to front end stuff to get to the people that you want to talk to faster so you can provide the nice value add engagement piece. You know, equally, you know, a chatbot, um, you know, with Meet and Engage, you can invite them to live events so that people can then interact. So I think it eliminates some of that uh 
administration piece so that you can end results. So for me, I think this will become, it's got to become the norm to be able to get to the value add. Izzy, thank you very much for talking to me. Pleasure. Thank you. My thanks to Izzy Hung. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also listen to the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.